Welcome to the Healing Happy Hour with Crystal and Vienna, two deeply unserious people exploring serious topics while cackling and sometimes crying. Together, we're learning to push back against the trauma of being a human in the world today through ancient wisdom and practices, modern therapeutic techniques, and anything else that moves the needle towards healing. If you're also sick of tripping over your own bullshit, join us while we create a sanctuary for everyone who is ready to activate the magic in their life. Monica's here, by the way, Vienna. Hi, Monica. <laughs> like and subscribe. <laughs> here. She said, like and subscribe. She's like, I have. Do your kids say that? Like, no. Do you know what they've been saying lately? They've what? been going, avocados from Mexico. We've been watching a lot of Paw Patrol because that's Birdie's thing lately. Amen. And it's on Paramount Plus and they have ads. There's a commercial for sour cream. And in the commercial, she like dips the strawberry in sour cream. And now Nate, every time he sees it, is like, do you ever dip your strawberries in sour cream? Can we try that? Atrocity. Like, you don't eat strawberries, so I don't know what you're about to do. Is this the Daisy, the dollop of Daisy commercial? The dollop of Daisy. Yes, it is. I would never do something as abominable as dipping my strawberry into that. But I would dip it into a little chantilly cream. Okay. I pop it to have an around. I don't I... even understand people who would put like creme fraiche on their shit. But like, you know, for a while, or maybe it's still a thing and I've just turned that part of my brain off, but diet culture was big into using Greek yogurt for everything. I was like, oh replace God. sour cream with Greek yogurt. And Greek yogurt is actually pretty good with it is. strawberries. <laughs> so, but it's is... so like, is Daisy just reclaiming that? It's like white trash Greek yogurt. It's like, you know what? How about a, a nice little bowl of some sour cream with your granola here? How about that? That's disgusting. They're trying to convince us into the same flavor profile. And I feel like Daisy was like, you want it no. so fucking bad. Okay. All right. So like, it's like, um, it's Throw like this in your that, like smoothie. Hellman's is mayonnaise it is not mayonnaise mm -hmm. it's something else something else and that's 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 all i'm saying i feel like daisy is just like you know what throw this in your acai bowl okay <laughs> put some sour cream in there they're not but they feel like they're different temperatures to me and i think it's because like sour cream you eat with hot stuff it's the cooling effect of it's like on the a or like a burrito so I think of it as something warm and like melty. And I don't want that cross-pollinating with what I do with my Greek yogurt. Well, with the Greek yogurt, I could... But I, I also think hot hot Greek yogurt sounds nasty. I don't want hot Greek yogurt. That sounds yogurt. disgusting. It's not a custard. You know what I mean? Like, that's not... I, I very much know what you mean. You are 1,000%... I'm having a lot of strong yogurt. reactions to like eating sour cream on its own. But why are we doing that? Can we just do what we do? Can we just have, like, can we not do that? We cannot do that. I mean, you and I can certainly. I think I want to talk to somebody. Who's done it? Who's done it? Monica, have you ever dipped your shit into a sour cream? But inappropriately. What? Where? Like fruit. Okay, but has she, did she buy into when people were using Greek yogurt in place of sour cream? Like, did I'm probably do that. I'm like, what you thought? Like, 
Her mommy like that though. Her mommy, you know. Diet culture really had us. We're oh. right. Yes. Okay. We are. We're just vibing. We're vibing. Um. Well, hi. How are you? I'm. I'm. T- well, I am a little tired. Um. Okay. Work is making me work this week. Not okay. And the day the week just started. So work is really making me work. We have this ongoing week long workshop thing happening, and um, I just I'm up at like five. And so last night I went to bed, like I said, like in the middle of our text conversation, it was probably like, well, like 830. Woke up with the TV on blast, light on. I was in rare form last night. I was like trying to build an entire website, which uh, healinghappyhourpod.com. Check it out. Holler. But And also style you a whole new wardrobe. <laughs> You're literally helping me build a brand new, li- like. It was so cute, though. I it was like really cute. cute. And I think I that jacket you said, by the way. That little red one. The one that I can't afford yet. I know. <laughs> J. Crew, 50% off though right now. So. Does, does J. Crew have sizes for the biggins? I can't remember. I think they go up to like 24 or something. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I was exhausted. So I passed out. And that's kind of how my week is going. But it's not bad. It's just, it's just tiring. But like otherwise, fairly decent. Pretty good and good sleep, obviously, as a result of me being exhausted. So. Yeah, that's that's what really matters. That's mm-hmm. key. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, you know, not too bad. How about you? What's been cracking over in your world? I have been like in rare form this week. I had a, a quite a session with my therapist today. Ooh. I think the burnout that we talked about last week has mm-hmm. really tipped from like the disassociation into just full on anxiety where I'm like, my brain cannot find a place to settle. And that voice, my little inner hater that stupid hater bitch mm-hmm. has really gotten quite a toehold in there and um yeah that that's the thing that's really driving the car lately uh, yeah but she i got some good insight so what we're going to try to do this week is personify that tiny hater voice and stomp her on her neck yeah so like give her a name like maybe she's a combination of a couple people i knew one of them will definitely be my third grade teacher who's a big old bitch to me Ooh. My conversation today, I was like, do you think she's dead? And my therapist was yes. like, I mean, maybe. How old is she? And I was like, I think she is probably dead. But if she's not, I would like to write her a letter and tell her what a fucking bitch she was and that I think she's an awful person. That's how I, I loved my third grade teacher, but my second grade teacher, that's literally how I feel about her. Well, here's why I love my therapist. Because she's like, I think you should. She was like, I think, like... Find her Facebook page and like write on it. Be like, hey, remember you were a huge beat. She, I was like, isn't that like fucked up to do to somebody who is like an old person and about to die? And she was like, you don't owe her anything. She was the one that was an asshole to a third grade kid. Like, no. Girl, and and that's right. Give her something to ponder on her way out. I was like, you know what? Maybe I will write her a nasty little note just to tell her that like she really fucked me up. And the stuff that she said to me when I was eight years old, I'm still carrying with me today. Regardless personifying the tiny inner voice in my head um, and just like really giving it a thing and like every time I hear it in my head to be like hey I'm, I don't want to say the name of the the, com- the combination hey, of names, but like hey <laughs> hey um, you really suck and apparently mm-hmm. she was saying that that really helps because it separates that voice from you so like yeah. it's not you anymore and you're not owning that as yourself you're like it's somebody else and you're able to like start to make a little more of a divide that's what I'm doing this week. That's good. That's very like. Right? I was like, I speak growth stuff. 
That's yeah. what I needed. I was like, I ne- I needed like a tangible thing like that because, yeah, she, that that voice has really just been driving. driving. It's a good action item. Yeah, I was like, I need yeah, we've got to we got to stomp her. We got to stomp her out because we cannot let her get a foothold in these streets. Right? Okay, I was like I've done too much. I've worked too hard to get ahead of that. I don't need mm-hmm. any of that nonsense. Yeah, and you know we've been talking a lot this week about how we're both like, let's not let's not backtrack on the work we've done seriously keep the faith that like we've made these changes and the universe will everything will fall into place but yeah it will you know i always try i hate it because i I, sometimes like old people phrases they piss me off but they are right like when they're like you know you might not always get what you want but you get what you need Mm -hmm. um my favorite is uh god's delays are not his denial Mm. you can interchange that with whatever you call god but like i firmly believe that um because I think I've had lots of evidence of it, like throughout life. Yeah. So, um, you know, like things will fall into place, and if we think back by a few months, even yeah. we can see where they have. So that's yeah. I know. I was like, even if I think back like a year ago, mm-hmm. I was like, when I left my job, the sessions, like what we were talking about, was like, maybe I want to be a carpenter. Maybe I want to be an electrician. I don't know what I want to do. Maybe I want to go to beauty school. Like maybe. I don't know what I want to do and I don't even know what I like to do. I don't know who I am. And I think in the past year and four months or whatever it's been since I left that nine to five, Mm -hmm. I've like started to find those answers. And just because now I have the answers, it doesn't mean that like immediately things start happening. I still have to like go down that road of letting things come together. Yeah, because there's some reconciliation you have to do between your expectations and where you are and what you want going forward and where you are. There are just so many things that are layered, mm-hmm. you know, that you have to kind of sort through. And there's no point in stressing yourself out about it because this is the process by which you find out, like, right? what like, what you don't that's, like. That's where the magic really happens, too. I mean, we've talked mm-hmm. about it so much that, like, you take the first thing that comes along because you're like, oh, this is the answer to it. And it's like, you don't even know where that path leads, right? Like, there's, it's, it just gets better and it's better than you can ever dream it's going to be. So maybe don't rush into that first thing because. Yeah. I was listening to one of my favorite podcasts earlier. And someone on the podcast was saying that it's, you know, obviously probably capitalism. That's like, okay, well, what do you want to do when you grow up? And that's the thing that you do. And I have always been like, why do you need to adhere to one thing? Especially if you're creative, why do you need to adhere to one thing? Part of the reason why I always encourage people, like, do for the sake of doing, not for any expectation of it. It might not be that thing, but there might be something associated, a hobby or something you're doing that you end up being like, you know what I really love about this? This aspect. And that could be a thing. Or you could have like five things. You just never know. I think if you remain open, we'll find that there are multiple things we really love that make us who we are. Some of my favorite things that I've done both for work and just like as jobs I've had were things that I didn't even know mm-hmm. existed as jobs before I got started in them. I believe and I that. Like found my way to it. So if I had set out to create my adulthood or my 10 year plan, I don't even think I, I couldn't. There's no way I could have done it. You sit down and you're like, what is my dream life going to be? And it's going to be even better because there's things you don't even know about that you can work in there. I know. And don't you wish we would have like heard that when we were younger? It would have been like, hey, these are some unknown things for you to look forward to. 
It would have been so boring, I think, if it played out exactly as I thought it was going to or that I wanted it to. I think I would have checked that box and been like 25 and been like, okay. What next? Yeah, like, this is it. And you know what you do when you have all those things that that fall into place and it's boring? You self-sabotage and you do really stupid shit and you get into trouble because it's boring. So I think I would have made it worse. So, so that's where we're at. That was a great therapy session oh today, God. and just right now, I feel like that was another good therapy session. Yeah. thank you. It's always a little, a little bite. Yeah. Speaking of um, things that could add to your therapy, <laughs> oh, okay. tell me more. If you remember, a few weeks back, we used the Lantern Oracle. This set was my favorite deck for shadow work. Shadow work, which will be relevant to our conversation yes. today. Well, I'll say shuffle yet. Why don't you? Tell us about the wisdom that we gleaned from Nicki Minaj in the last few days. And listen, Nicki can be mad problematic, but this is one thing. Nicki, I feel like she don't, she sometimes forgets like her talent. And this bar that she made here. such a bar. Yeah. 50K for a verse, no album out. Like this, this person who, who Nicki was at that moment of truly like, one of the best verses, period. Not best female verses, not best verses like in that time, like truly one of the best verses that has dropped in Monster. Like for me, that is a Nicki Minaj song mm-hmm. featuring Jay-Z, Kanye, Rick Ross. Like you that's probably agree. That, right? Yeah, I, I don't disagree. But like how young she was, how green she was, how new to the game she was, and she knew her fucking worth mm-hmm. unapologetically. And like, not only did she know it and bill accordingly, she flaunted that shit and was like, yes, 10 times your pay. I'm the rookie. Like, yeah, that's what it is. You, want this. Pay it. you want this on your, on your track. Yeah. And I feel like... As women, obviously, we sell ourselves short a lot, especially professionally. I can tell you there are at least two people in this room over here in my house who are far more talented than they give themselves credit for. One of them is me. The other one is sitting on a couch. <clears throat> and her name is Monica Reed. So anyway, um, I say that because I feel like every woman, almost every woman I know, has the relatable experience of Deep down, knowing, like, having the, the feeling in their gut, like, I real, I know my shit. I will study this really hard. This is important to me or whatever. And still, because of just the outside world, because of patriarchy, because of everything, um, we downplay our talent, our skills, our creativity. Uh, we make light of our solutions and what we bring to the table. And we're very, very afraid to ask for our worth. And um, we really got to get that together because the men are average. The men are average, if even, if they are even average. Spoiler alert, barely. I sent my friend a job posting today for something she's never done before, like at all, (laughs) not even a little bit. But she was like, I don't think I'm qualified for that. I was like, that's a minor detail. Like, what the fuck does that (laughs) have to do with truly anything? Just a qualified, qualified. Right? Like, let somebody else take you out of the pool. Why are you going to take yourself out? (laughs) You might as well. This reminds me that put your shit in there. Well, you sent me this job listing for here in Howard County. They're looking for like a museum manager for their African American history museum, something like that. And it's like, you know, have um, like 
master's degree experience in such and such and such. And I was like, yeah, I, I, I studied that. That was my minor, uh, Africana studies in college, an undergraduate, um, a thousand years ago. And I was like, but I haven't really done any relevant work around like museum programs and like, you know, well, it was like, what kind of qualifications do you need? You have a master's degree? You're black? Like, and I was just like, you're checking all those boxes. And honestly, like if they don't at least interview, that's, that's racist. I mean, I, when, when you said it, I was like, but also like just good, good insight into uh, the way men are like, yeah, like they barely qualify for something and will, they will always oversell themselves. Let me... over, they will always sell themselves. They are, they have no like, qualms about being like, I don't know how to do that exact job, but. Let me tell you how your little marketing friend here is going to spin that for your cover letter while you apply for this, which obviously well, you're going to you. get it. So it's a given. Um, you have an authentic lived experience, my friend. Amen. That's what we call that. It is an authentic lived experience combined with your master's degree and your many yeah. qualifications. You have a lived experience. It's true. So, there is, it's about the only thing I know how to do. Yeah. And you can I barely know how to pay my taxes. So, P.S. If you do not hire me, that's racist. Also, that point. Get get that lawsuit ready. Mm -hmm. Amen to that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that I I do love that point. Um, yeah, we've got to like we've got to start tooting tooting our horns a little bit about I ourselves. Did, I did also bring up Nikki to my therapist today, and she was like, "Yeah, Nikki's right." I was like, "She I is really right." Like you, you are a great therapist. She was like, "Nikki Minaj was one hundred percent right." She knows. Correct. Yeah. She knew. She knew what was up. Yeah. Well, okay. Let's do this card. I was like, we cannot progress without talking about that because I know. I want everyone to just pause this podcast, come back to it, but like you can pause it, listen to that verse again, and then like send some emails asking for a raise, asking for, just ask for whatever you want. And then ask for resources, asking for like something that you know damn well that you deserve. Okay. All right. We're just going to tap in a little bit. Just ask our elevated guide and non-shitty Lady City ancestors. Be with us. Give us a word as we go into shadow work season because, baby, we just have a new moon, a Scorpio new moon. It's here. So what do they want us to know? Where, where do we focus? Okay. Transitions. You have all of the inner resources you need to cross whatever bridges arise on your path. I mean, listen, when spirit listens into our conversations, I get very, very um, excited when when spirit spills some hot tea that is in abundance and in alignment with our topics. Literally what we're just talking about, okay? This is, uh, this is a season of transformation, 110%. Spirit was just like, you sent that email, right? You sent that email asking for the things you want that you are well prepared mm -hmm. for. Mm -hmm. Because the transition is you like, let's leave behind the, the doubting hater ass version or voice in you, right? So this says that uh, I'm going to skim it a little bit, but um, transitions, transitioning takes as long as it takes to adapt to a new circumstances or perspectives. The tension of not being able to turn back and not knowing how to adjust effectively to what is new can be dis disconcerting. There can be varying degrees of pain, resistance, and inner turmoil as we struggle to break free from our former self into a new way of life and version of ourselves. 
until we figure out how all that is new to us works and reconcile ourselves with it, it can be difficult to trust others as well as ourselves. At these points of no return, we can either freeze, fight, or if we can do something about what has already happened, grow. Stepping or being thrust over a new threshold requires courage. There are no guarantees that familiarizing ourselves with our new direction will yield anything amenable to us. All that we can do is give life our best by being in the moment and putting 100% into effectively dealing with whatever presents itself. We learn as we go. Once we know better, we do better. A word, okay? Transitions are raw and unstable periods that require time and patience to adjust and recalibrate. Understand that a return to what is past is not possible. A word. The reality of it no longer exists for you. Another word. However, to complete the process of transition, you must choose to leave and let go of what was. Wow. The sooner you own the departure and reconcile yourself with whatever the change is, Vienna, the smoother and briefer your period of transition will be. Okay? So the message from the crone here is that transitions are blessings rarely recognized as such at the time. Okay? And this, um, this really encourages us to be gentle with ourselves while we find a new rhythm and a new routine and a new way of doing things and to really reflect um, about the kind of wisdom that we've gotten from where we came from as we move forward. A banger. That. I gotta keep that up. Back to you. Like, I'm gonna listen to you say that every day this week. I'm gonna play this back to myself. It's on point. Yeah. That hit. That hit hard. I especially like the part that's like, you can't go back because it doesn't exist anymore. Because I think I've been like, maybe I take the easy way and I do the thing I already know, but I wasn't happy there. And now that I know that I wasn't happy there, it's like, the veil's been lifted. You, you can't, now you can't go back. You can't unsee or unexperience what you've experienced. Right? Like you, when you're in it and you know it's not right, but yeah. like you haven't quite identified what isn't right, the box just feels too small. Like it feels tight. It's constraining. It's constricting. And then once you're out of that box, you can't, it's like trying to unscramble an egg. Like you, it's just. It's literally toothpaste out of the tube. You can't. And you're not meant to. And I think that that's. That's the, um, I think that's where like some grieving comes in, you know, like you have to, um, grieve like things that you no longer have, even if they were like not the best things for you, you still have to grieve them because you've transitioned away from them. Like a grieving of knowledge, like grieving that you're not as ignorant as you were because in some ways it was easier just to be a little ignorant about. Yeah. Like, let me, let me just be like a stupid hoe. I don't want to know anything. I know too many things. I have to think about too many things all day. But it really is that. It's just like, I wish I was just like a stupid little bitch who didn't have to know anything and have done all this work because sometimes that was easier. I'm telling you. If I had a dollar every time I thought that, like, especially since like having, you know, some kind of spiritual awakening where I've been like, wouldn't it be nice if I could like sleep without, you know, disturbance or like, I won't say disturbance, but like, you know, if things were the way they were before and there's no way. Like, we can all pretend, but, and I think that's a lot. It's like, when you started your other healing journeys, when you started therapy, you know, you we can't, can't unknow. Yes, yeah. we just, but at the same time, we cannot unknow it, though. Can't unknow it, because you'd be knowing, you know? We'd be knowing. We'd be knowing. That should be the alternate title of yes. this podcast. We'd be knowing. 
Mm-hmm. I like yeah. that, by the way. That is cute. I also had a cackles and connection. <laughs> cackles and connection. It's like, the, uh, <laughs> it's like the unhinged version of SNL, like coffee talk or whatever. Oh, my God. That's literally a... F- <laughs> cackles and connections. I keep thinking of like Dana Carvey's face. Yeah, for like the little uh, ratchet set, like us. Yes, I love it. Right. Yeah. Oh, thank you, though. That uh, thank you, Crystal. Thank you, Spirit. Needed that message. Just a little bit of validation. Yeah, two snaps for Spirit. Um, yeah. what else before we get in? <gasps> oh, we we launched something. Huh? Tell them about the beauty. Is this? This is a hard launch then. I was going to say, like, let's soft launch this in the world. But no, now we're, we're going to hard launch. Through yeah. We officially are Patreon official. We're Patreon live. We have so much for you over there. Taking it from just this couple hours a week into a whole lot more content and really bringing you and all your peeps and all your feels into it. And it's going to be amazing. There's a couple of different options for people to join us, but Crystal, do you want to talk about our seasonal healing guides? That's I. That's the thing I'm so excited about. I know you are too. I am too. I am. I want to put into practice that as we move through the year and as we move through the different seasons that our healings be adjusted as such. That's a very big thing. And obviously, I'm not like the first person to think of that. That is how many cultures and um different practices do it and it makes perfect sense and it's why we're going to talk about what we're talking about today because we are in the season of that so when we are going to be working with our patreon we're going to be providing some goodies there that are very much in relation to what we're going to be talking about here on the podcast as it pertains to these seasonal healing approaches so for example today we're going to be talking about shadow work and this is truly shadow work season it lasts you know all throughout the winter months it's really just ramping up here for us as we move through fall. And there are going to be some really good resources on our Patreon to assist with your shadow work. We'll talk a little bit about those later, but definitely want to look for those things. Every season, we're going to have things that are especially geared toward our theme, if you will. And yeah. I think that it's going to be a really nice thing to move people toward approaching their living in that seasonal manner because like my thing is like we are all still animals and all the animals abide by these different things that they do from season to season for their health for their survival and um, I just think it would be really amazing if we as humans could get back to that as well instead of pumping it hard all year round uh, we're not built that way we are we are built to abide by the seasons as well so um, that's something that I'm really excited about diving into and working with um, people on that through our podcast yeah yeah so that tier specifically if you're looking for those types of goodies is the growth Mm -hmm. mindset goddess um and that includes the seasonal healing toolkit so each quarter or each season like crystal was saying you get a full toolkit to support the healing journey um and it includes so much stuff so there's curated resources Mm -hmm. readings rituals exclusive worksheets journaling prompts potentially like meditations, a whole bunch of different things based on whatever that theme is. So for the winter, yes, shadow work, shadow season, lots of goodies. And you're not alone either because in Mm -hmm. that tier also, then you're accessing 
uh, a monthly virtual healing circle where we'll all be working on these things together. We can connect in real time, uh, share progress, connect with each other, and just feel more supported and uplifted as a community because we've heard from you and you are all so beautiful and wonderful. And mm -hmm. I'm loving hearing your journeys individually, but I think we can go even further together. So There's power in sharing. There's power in sharing a lot of what we're going through, the things that we're tackling. Um, no matter how um, isolating some of these journeys can feel, um, one thing that I have learned in my experience is that there is no journey that is truly in isolation. I think we're all going through a variation of something. So to hear other people speak about it is there's some power in that and there's healing in that alone if you did nothing else to be able to put words and energy to your story and also find ways to transmute some of that can be a really powerful form of um, our agent of change for you. So we hope that you will join us at yeah. here because I, I think it's going to be if you're wondering what the vibe is going to be there, don't worry. It's going to be just like it is here. It's still going to be deeply unserious. I yeah. predict a lot of laughter and being silly and probably talking about Nicki Minaj and Cheesecake Factory. We're going to draft a letter to the teacher that you hate the most and yeah, send it. And if she's, and if she's not dead, we will hand deliver <laughs> it as, as a pack. We're gonna show send us your letters and we'll hand deliver it to your teacher. We're going we're gonna to go. We're going to like pound up on her door and be like, yeah, um, yeah exactly. that's actually the, the first December event. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> along with the Lexus December to remember savings event. Anyway, you know, I had to work in there. We're going to curb stop an old woman. <laughs> We're always talking about this. Get on board. Oh my um, yeah, but you can yeah. find that on our Patreon, which is also at our brand new website linked there. You can find a whole lot more over there healinghappyhourpod.com also then for emails there uh so you can be the first one to find out about all new stuff special offerings little bonus freebies like i said we're in that flow state or hyper focus and just turning out the goodies for you guys so uh get on board and we love you with all that being said yeah should we get into it let's get into it Tell me everything about shadow work. Well, I'm going to play everything, but I will tell you what is for me and how I like to use it. So I feel like shadow work has a very bad rap. We hear shadow, you think you do. You think darkness. Maybe it conjures some images of something malicious, um, but it's truly not the case. Shadow work is necessary. And I guarantee you, if you were talking about your problems, Sure, you're probably doing some shadow work if you are asking yourself, why am I the way that I am? <laughs> Congratulations. That is to me like the first question that you ask. Why am I this way? I think is the strongest opener of question into shadow work. So in my opinion, this is me and lots of people will have different definitions of what they think this is. But to me, it is an examination of the unseen, the subconscious, the often hidden or tucked away um, or even sometimes shameful parts of ourselves that we we put so far down that we don't want to look at them, but they are driving a lot of our actions, our emotions, and our feelings. And to look at them allows us to take the power back from a negative place and begin to heal. A lot of our wounds come from those shadow places. And we have to look at the source. We have to look at the why. And it, to me, the process of 
shadow work is looking at the why. How did we get here? Why do we feel the way that we feel? And asking ourselves some specific questions around some of our behaviors and experiences so we can get a better understanding of how those things that we have pushed very, very far down are affecting the way we walk through life today. Because I guarantee you, you got them. Everybody has them, okay? So this season, I think, is really, really important for that work as we get into these months where things are a little bit colder, a little bit darker. Like, this is the Earth's shadow period, you know, for us anyway here. Um, This is our shadow period. We're going to be inside. We're going to have a lot of extra time. And I think sometimes, for me anyway, what kind of contributes to some of that seasonal depression, like I can hear it creeping up in a lot of it, it's like a little bit of that sadness. And sometimes we have to sit with that, what feels like that dark energy to understand maybe some things in our life that we're not so proud of or happy with and how we can change them again by looking at the source of where these things come from, what stems from this energy. So I have some very like specific things that I like to do in this kind of work. Oh, tell me. The first of them being like, one thing I want to say is be very gentle. This isn't um, what I want to say that shadow work is not to me is um, an opportunity for you to pick yourself raw and point out all the things that you think suck about yourself. That is not the intent of this. The intent in looking at some of these aspects of ourself is really in an effort to give ourselves grace. We have to have some awareness about some of these things that we've pushed aside and how they affect us in our lives um, today. And they could, it could be anything. It could be sort old source of trauma or you know childhood trauma, things of that nature that that come up for us now as adults. And it's not for us to pick ourselves apart. It is for us to look at it and say, I understand why I'm triggered by this. How can I start to unpack this? And how can I be gentle with myself while I do that? Because what's the point of re-traumatizing yourself all over again by picking yourself apart? And this is where that if you know better, you do better comes in because that's a part of it. Yeah. So I think what popped up for me there is like, All right, so we start to do a little bit of that digging, really ask ourselves like, why, why am I doing this? Why is this coming up? Why am I feeling this way? Is the intent there then to fix it so we don't do it anymore? Or are we just sort of integrating that side of us with a little more understanding, a little more compassion? I feel like process, right? It is certainly process. I have a shadow work guide that I'm going to actually share uh, on our Patreon. So please be on the lookout for that. I created a few years ago and it's not a super long one, but it's just a really good introduction to it. So I think that it truly can be a combination of both things. I think there are absolutely things buried within us that we do want to embrace that can help protect ourselves. But then there are also things that that could destroy us just as well. So for example, one of the things that I discovered through lots and lots of shadow work was just the amount of people pleasing that I have done over the course of my life. There's so many things that came up for me while I started to work through that. Like, when did this start for me? Um, Obviously, it started with some familial relationships and having the kind of personality where I really wanted to keep peace. And so I would walk on eggshells just trying to make sure I was keeping peace, not stirring up too much dust or too much trouble or being agreeable where I could be agreeable, right? And so that created for me some very non-existent boundaries. So like you're going, you're going into adulthood operating the same way as you did as a child. 
And now you're finding that your boundaries are so porous that literally they're non-existent. Everything gets in and you're resentful because of it. You feel like you're maybe even a little bit bitchy when you're doing something because you don't want to say no. Why don't you want to say no? What feels so uncomfortable about it? Maybe is it because you're mirroring a dynamic that you had ages ago as a child when you were trying to people please and keep your parent happy or sibling happy or some other um, familiar relationship? Could that possibly be the case? And if we know that about ourselves, and we know that we are people pleasers and so we will like go at 110% until we are depleted, what does that do to our relationships now? with our spouses, with our friends, with our family members at work. And we see that um, very much play out in, in burnout, that, that, you know, a lot of it comes from that place. And then one of the responses we have is to just become very resentful of the amount of energy that we spend on other people. In some cases, no one even asked us to do anything. We are just so used to saying yes and people-pleasing that we don't even notice that we're doing it. And so harnessing maybe some of that energy or we feel like we're angry about it is the push we need to set some boundaries. And that's the hard part. That's the work. So like a lot of the questions, for example, in this guide are really meant to have you take a look at like where this stems from. And so that you say like, okay, I know for sure this is something I need to address. Now I need to figure out how I set new boundaries so that I'm running ragged, trying to make other people happy all the time. That makes so much sense. I also was thinking, sounds like resentment might be a good place to start exploring. I was so out of touch with my own emotions for so long. That was really one of the first things I had to tackle in therapy was like, I don't even... I don't have feelings. I've numbed myself because I was, I'm not allowed to feel potentially negative things, shut them down. I don't have them. It doesn't happen. So I might not understand what I'm angry because I'm, I've become really like academic about a feeling. It's like, oh, this thing just happened. A person should feel this way. Mm-hmm. Also, let me rationalize that and talk my way around it. Like that's how I experience emotions. Um, and I've had to just sort of get myself into feeling them. But I yeah. know when the resentment is starting to creep up. And even that might be in like a more rational, logical way where it's like, oh, if this keeps happening, I'm going to feel a lot of resentment. But for me, that feels like a the easiest place to start of saying like, all right, here, here's something that's coming up. Maybe this is a good way in to start doing some of that unpacking. What, what do you think? Where where do you think is a good place to start? I think to start there, like right, right as you said, to start into like, again, the why, why do I feel this way? And where did it come from? And sometimes you might not always be able to walk it back all that far. But if you can, if you recognize the emotion, you've got to look at it. If you ignore it, it will continuously pop back up again. So identifying it for what it is and maybe even naming it aloud, I think helps it to become less scary. But every time that you, that it comes up for you, If you can identify what the trigger is, right? Identify the trigger and walk yourself through like, why do I, why am I so triggered? So for example, um, you know, you have a family, you work like all of these different things and it's like, oh my God, I can't have one more thing on my plate. 
But say, I'm just using this as a very general example, um, Ronnie. So please don't think I'm like picking on you. Because I love you, Ronnie. Um, That's not Like mom. say like your mom calls and she's like, Vienna, I like, I really need to do this. I'm sorry. I know you're busy. Like, and you're just like, and you're so fucking angry about it, but you're going to do it. But you're angry and you're pissed, bitching. It's like, it, it's not this thing like you want to do from your heart because like you love your mom anymore. You're just fucking mad because everybody always comes to you. And you always say yes, because, well, if you don't, what else is, what else can you do? Like, then they won't have it. What's going to happen? You know what I mean? Like you put yourself in this place where it's like, like I'm indispensable, but I'm so fucking mad about it. You know what I mean? And it's like, well, why, why did you feel like you had to do it? If, if you had no room on your plate for it. Why did you feel like you couldn't say no? Were you afraid that you were going to disappoint someone? Are you historically used to having someone like get in your shit when you tell them no? What would, what are the consequences, the perceived consequences of you not saying no? Or of you is, saying no or not? This is such a good one. Let's like unpack this in real time so people can kind of have a little bit more understanding of the process of it because I'm also thinking this too. So... I think a surface level and like kind of what I would do in the past is like, I'm mad because she asked me to do something, but that's not really it. Like, that's not why I'm mad. Maybe I would have loved to do that thing. And I'm mad I said yes to the other 10,000 things. I'm like, this that's the thing I really want to do. I want to help my mom. I don't want to do all these things that I've overcommitted and overextended myself to do. So then I guess the next logical question is, why did I do those other things? And I I think I do a lot of that stuff, like the um, just the overextending, overcommitting, and stuff that's not bad, right? Like mm-hmm. a place Just too much of it. Right. And I think I commit to doing those things because in my mind, it's like, this is what a good person would do. They would do all those things. They would be part of a community. And then even to walk that, back further well now I'm upset because I feel like I've created this vision of what I'm supposed to be or what like a good person is supposed to be right and I want to be a good person Mm -hmm. and I am not able to execute it the way I visualize that but like I'm the one that made that up or I guess or did you there's so that's something that you probably have reinforced Right. Mm-hmm. But where but who told you or where did you learn along the way? I was like, who told you? But like, where did you learn along the way that what it meant to be um, a good community member meant never saying no? And why? Why would that be? Because what would the real reaction be if you were like, I am I cannot. I'm just at my max this week. But here's what I can do. Or but next time. I'm happy to, you know, see see what's possible for me. And is it true? Do you know it to be true that someone would be like, fucking bitch, she didn't help. Like, she ain't in the community. No, like that. that is not likely to happen, right? So where did we learn along the way that it was not okay for us to state what we needed and to not honor what we needed in the moment, to not exhaust ourselves, you know? Yeah. I'm just thinking about like this play group, right? Like this, this like in my mind, because I also had an injury last week. I couldn't go to this play group. I had to go to the doctor instead. It was fucking agony. I was miserable last week. 
I felt so much guilt about not going to this play group because I was like, what if I was supposed to bring something? What if they were relying on me? And I think if I had realistically said, I cannot go because I'm underwater, I'm injured, I can't move, I'm having a really hard time. Mm-hmm. I think I, based on what I would do for someone else in that situation, I think that's when I would have given that community an opportunity to rally for me. Or they could have then turned around and said, like, oh, my gosh, how can we help? Let us know. Like, do you need us to bring you something? But I uh, and I think a lot of people are so committed to not needing things because that's part of the visual of that good person who just gives, does not need to receive. And it's such bullshit. And I like so over it, it is bullshit. And what it does is robs you of the opportunity to have that community um, come come and help you. And uh, I'm telling you that somebody here in the room, also named Marco, um, really helped me, um, helped like reminded me a lot of that um, initially when I moved a couple months ago, um, because I am so used to being like, fine, I've got it, I've got it, I've got it, I've got it. And I did not got it. I was a mess. And um, she was like, you need to tell people like when you need help. And I'm like, why am I like this? Why? Why am I like this? Why do I do that? Yeah, like who told me that I can ask for help? And no one had to tell me, but it was the way that, you know, like for example, I, I tend to, when I get upset about things, I tend to go, oh, I'm such a cancer. I go right back in my shell because I need to kind of process. Sometimes I'm not really good at speaking aloud. I've gotten better at it. But speaking about my, my emotions or how I feel about things, I can be a little avoidant about it. Because it was not common practice in my household growing up to be really vocal about your emotions. Um, as a matter of fact, there was there was often punishment for that. So when you grow up, um, you know, in in an environment where you don't feel like it is safe for you to express yourself, or um, you know, when you when you do say like I'm sad, angry, such and such and such and such, and someone invalidates that, you learn over time not to talk to anybody about your shit, not to um, acknowledge your anger or your grief or your upset about different things or just your emotions, period. Sometimes even your joys because you didn't, you, you were not allowed to do that. So that those are like, those are things that I arrived at through the shadow work. Why don't I ask for help? Why do I not feel comfortable um, talking about how I'm feeling? But I would I would do it for other people. And like remembering that like I would never tell my friend like, ah, girl, you I, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like with all of these things um, and like I would want um, to the best of my ability to hold space for someone. Why would I not want someone to extend that same love to me? Why do I feel like I wouldn't deserve it? You know, that's really beautiful. I the, so this this past week when I was injured, it was the first time in my entire life, like all twenty seven years, because I'm twenty seven, um, baby, that I've called my doctor and said I'm in pain. I've never done that before, and my mom was like, she came over and helped. She like, and thank you, with my mama always. Um, but she was like, you don't do this. Like this is not you. So if you are asking for help and like asking for a doctor, you're really mm-hmm. in pain. And even now as you're talking, I'm thinking, 
when people were talking about like birth plans when you're when you're gonna give birth i always joked about like it wasn't a joke i wanted to give birth like a cat like i wanted to go under somebody's porch and just like emerge with my babies and be like here you go and look what i brought yeah i want to be like here it is and like truly the reason why i wanted to do that is because i was so uncomfortable being vulnerable in front of other people it yeah. shook me to my core to have to think that like other people will see me in discomfort and in pain and i will have to advocate for myself which is already really fucking hard for me like i cannot advocate and like and while in pain and that was terrifying to me yeah that's why when my kids were born it was only me and jimmy Aww. i mean obviously like the doctor like whatever and like he was there to be like i'm going to advocate for you like that's why because this is so stupid and this is not about having a baby but like this is how the adhd mind works right when i was getting my new car like years ago it was like my family car i was like i don't care what it has i don't care any of the features i want a white car i want a white car i want a white car talked about it for like two weeks we go to the dealership and the guy's like do you have any preferences on car color and i was like absolutely not no preferences you I will take whatever car you give me. Thank you so much. Please. Your candy apple red it is. I'm like, I'll take anything you want to get me. Thank you. You pick for me. You're so smart. I'm such a stupid little bitch. Please tell me that you got a white car, Vienna. Jimmy cut me off mid-sentence. And he's like, no, she wants a white car. Oh, like, God. She, she only wants a white car. And then, of course, I have to be like, oh, <laughs> I don't know what he's talking. And he's like, no, we're only looking at white cars. The salesman is probably like, this poor woman doesn't give a shit. And her husband is like making her get this white car. But, like, truly, mm-hmm. that, I mean, I also think buying a new car is probably one of the worst, like, things a person has to go through. Very it's stressful. Just, oh, my God. What a privileged fucking thing to say. But you get me. It's, it's like, all the discomfort. It's not, it's not as fun. It's not fun if you're not rich. No, it's not <laughs> like, fun. You're, like, stressing about yeah. spending money. You know but they're about to run your credit. And it's like, I don't even want to know what you're going to come back mm-hmm. with. Um. But yeah, like all those moments of having to like advocate and be vulnerable, it's really scary and it's really hard. And so what a long, stupid tangent, but it really comes back to like, why would you ever want to show someone your weakness? Like if you're a deer and you're laying injured on the ground, you're not going to be like, whoop, whoop, like, come here, come get me lions. I don't think deer and lions actually exist in the same area, but like you get my point. But, like, why are you going to call attention to yourself when you're hurt? And, like, you're right. going to show somebody else your weakness so they can use that against you? I don't even know where that comes from. I have to do some serious digging on that. But, like, that was the visual that just came to mind. Of like, I mean, it's valid. You don't want to give yourself away to the threat. Right. So there well, is some, there's, there's some hot tea in that analogy there. But there's also, like, the part that's, like, but you're not, you're not an injured lion. Or an injured deer for some reason in the savanna got a dropped gazelle? there. Do you uh, want to say gazelle? A gazelle. That's thank you. An antelope. An antelope. I want to be a gazelle because that reminds me of Giselle Bunchen, and I'm like a little Brazilian baddie. Um, but like we're not. We're not that. We are women who have been giving birth in community, have been helping each other and lifting each other for our whole history, mm-hmm. except not right now. Because there's something about this time that's like, no, you don't do that anymore. You can't do that. It's like you're. It's like people when people are like, oh, women have been doing this for centuries, and they're like, but not you, <laughs> not like, you. Yeah, not you. You fucking idiot. Like we're going to be um, singled out 
for being the one person that does it differently, which is just. I think we watch too many zombie movies. Is that what it is? Well, think about it. The first person who's sick and injured in a zombie movie, they're leaving their ass out cold. I'm not going to lie. They're pushing them out the door. You come in in a zombie thing and you have like a little bit of a fever. You're looking a little clammy. You're you're like, what go on without me? Yeah. And they're like, okay, girl, bye. (laughs) And I think there is like, I I like wrote a paper on this in college, but the, the horror movies that a society is writing and watching in that moment is really a reflection on other things, right? It's like, Mm -hmm. what's going on societally? So all these zombie movies came up right around the early 2000s, like this new resurgence of it, like Shaun of the Dead and like all these things. Mm -hmm. And it was also around the time that like we had a really heightened fear of the other. And we had terrorism start to become like this big thing that was like what everybody was talking about. And oh, like the Arab man who's coming in, he's an outsider, he's a stranger, he's not one of us. And then like, no. all of a sudden you have like this weird every zombie. like negative truth that she could think of. Yeah. Right. And it like infiltrates and in other things. And like generations earlier, you have like the monster tropes, right? And like there's fears about science, there's fear about nuclear. And like you start to see these things start to come into horror movies. And yeah, we we watched re re we rewatched Midnight Mass um around Halloween. And I don't even know I'm, what that is. I'm such a little Oh my god, it's I so fucking good. Oh my god, I'm gonna It's on Netflix. It's um I think one of Mike Flanagan's like creations that he watched, like Haunting of Hill House, Haunting of Blind Manor, um Fall uh, Fall of House Washer, like, you know, you've watched his stuff before, but he had one called Midnight Mass. Um, long story short, it's about um this priest discovering what he thinks is an angel, but like it's definitely a vampire or like a you know, vampire demon bat or something. And the fanaticism that it causes in this very small seaside or, or um, in this like small island community. And it's about religious fanaticism. And it's incredible. Like, because it's like, how could you think that this thing that is clearly so bad for you um, is actually here to save you? And so there is something about that. So anyway, this this was a tangent. OK, but holler at, holler at that show we, is very we good. really went all over the place. Oh, wait, what are we one. talking about again? Oh, shut up. Um, but but that is that that would be, for example, a collective shadow work. Like, why do we as a collective and listen, these are some questions that I know, given um the very, very dense and continually heavy and just horrifically sad situation um going on in the conflict that we are all probably asking some very related questions um that that would be collective shadow work. You don't want to look at these things. You don't want to look at these things, but you have to look at them. You have to ask these very uncomfortable questions. And I will tell you that as a person, I, I think that my role, one of my roles in my family is to be the mirror, the very reflective surface by which other people see themselves and see both the good and the bad. It's a very difficult role for people to play. Um, but I think it is very necessary work. And, you know, we have to do that by walking back our triggers and looking at the origins of some of these stories. We'll probably find the, a lot of villain origin stories here. Um, we have to talk to each other. We have to talk to therapy, therapists. We have to allow ourselves to be a little bit vulnerable so that we are not like cannibalizing ourselves, trying to hide um, all the things that we think are too terrible about ourselves to shine light on. 
journaling and writing down some of these experiences and trying to remember how you feel or how you how you feel when you bring them up and how you felt when they happened. You know, your body remembers. Um, and sometimes the mind really wants to push it out. But the memories of those traumas that create these shadows are in your everyday walking life now, playing out, playing right in your face, whether we look at them or not. So wouldn't we rather be aware of them and the ways that those traumas can often trick us into thinking that we do or do not deserve, we um, are, are worthy or not, you know, all of all of those various questions. Well, then, all right. So I walked down a little bit of that. I tracked down a little bit of that resentment. And mm -hmm. then I started to realize, okay, there's like a fear of being vulnerable, a fear of this. What do I do with that now? Like, what's that next step once I think I have some general causes that are underlying it? Am I following that thread even further? Yeah, Am I absolutely. trying to yeah. find... Like, do I try to then unravel those specific instances and moments that caused that? Is that what comes next? Because that sounds really You could, scary. but I always advise, like, when you're doing this kind of work, this is a, this is a lot, and this shit didn't happen. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not going any further tonight. <laughs> yeah, like I was going to say, it can be very, it can be very difficult to bring up things um, like this that are so hard to wrap your mind around um, to bring back maybe some of the, the memories of these things that might be the origin for a lot of what we're feeling. So I always say like a little bit at a time, bites, small bite-sized things. That's why like, you know, listen here, people, I'm not a therapist, okay? My thing is in energy work, all right? And that is that is what I love about energy work because there is there is something in energy work that is just so, it's so powerful, but it's so gentle at the same time. And I feel like it, it's been my greatest teacher about a lot of my shadows. It feels like it has been very affirming um, in helping me acknowledge the ways that I have been hurt without re-victimizing me all over again. And in these, and some, most of the time, in these smaller bite-sized pieces that are much more manageable than like seeing the body of my trauma that like holds, you know, everything fucked up. <laughs> like... It's it's like this very slow and gentle walk back to these things while also just really acknowledging the ways that it has shaped us, making space for that. And again, like grieving what could have been, but saying like, okay, now that you know that you get mad resentful, for example, when you overdo it and you get stressed and you get anxious, what kind of parameters can you put in place to keep yourself from feeling that way in the future? Maybe you can't commit to as much as you thought. What do you need to commit to? What do you know, like, without fail? Like, what do you truly need to commit to? Not like, oh, I, I need to drop this off at such a, such a house. I need to volunteer for this 10-hour long event. I need, like, what do you need to do? Sometimes, like, you've got to scale all the way back and then slowly add things back in before, like, you can figure out, like, okay, this, is, this has to be a part of my regular routine. So like, can you start small? Can you start small? Can you take away one thing? Can you practice saying no a little bit more often? Hey, we'd love for you to pick up an extra shift. You know what? Normally I'd love to help you out here, but I'm just not going to be able to do it. Just try it one time. It's uncomfortable. But on the other side of the discomfort are your new boundaries that prevent you from being burned the fuck out. 
you want the like continuous discomfort of being burned out or like what is going to be um, a moment that is still uncomfortable, but is going to help you establish a new way of being. I think this is something that anyone who's ever worked retail or like any sort of shift, right? Like in a restaurant or anything, if they're asking you, it's because someone else already said no. So you can also say no to that then too. You you don't have to take it. I think two things that you said are really beautiful there too. What like a Virgo moment of like, oh, we have an hour to talk. Like let's do, let's unravel all my shadow work. Let's just <laughs> get down the path. Like let's do it. Let's finish. Like check that one off that like we're done. Um, yes, obviously, no, that's not going to happen. But we have this is shadow season. There's so okay. long to do it. We have plenty of time. There's no rush to get to the bottom of it. And I obviously am not the expert on shadow work. I definitely Dang. come to you for a lot of those questions. Um, but it seems to me like there's really not much of an end, right? Like you can always go a little bit deeper. You can always dig a little bit more. There's always more to be done. Mm. Um, healing work is never done there's no destination and at first that that idea used to really intimidate me and actually stress me out because you're like damn what am I digging up all this old ass shit for if eventually like the pain doesn't stop quite frankly there are always going to be things that are painful to us I think that it is what you do in the face of that pain that signals progress in your healing or not if for example, our trigger is feeling like we're going to be ostracized and considered not in good community. And and because we are always overgiving, right? And we want to scale it back. If, if that's our fear on the other side of it, that feeling might diminish over time. It might not ever go away fully. And so instead of being like, what am I ever, what am I not going to give a fuck? So listen, there's a lot of shit I don't give a fuck about, okay? And there, there is some of this in the shadow work guide where it's like, what, what is your perception of yourself versus your what other people's perception of you is? Like, what do you think other people think about you versus what you think about yourself, right? You're never going to win everybody, okay? But I guarantee you, a lot of the time when we are thinking that we are the biggest piece of shit, people are not thinking that. They're not thinking that. Just because you said what? You couldn't like bake a, a tray of cookies overnight for your kids like thing that they asked you for like at nine o'clock at night on a Thursday? You know what I mean? Um, or because you, like me, every week, every week, y'all, Vienna and I set a time to record. And every week, a bitch, me being a bitch, is like, hey, I know. We alternate right. weeks. We alternate weeks on it. Every week, we're like, this is the week we get ahead. <laughs> this is the week we're going to get way ahead no. of schedule. No, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. But listen, but, it's, but now it's like a little dance we do. <laughs> we just yeah. do the little dance of it anyway. Just for Yeah, life. it's like... You know, just the entertainment of rescheduling. They're fun. Um, but I mean, and and Vienna at no point in time is like, well, Crystal, would you get together? Bitch, you said you could do it Saturday. And then like, no, you can't. Because like, she knows that that is not, this is, this is real life. And things are going to come up. And you know what? Best lead plans of mice and men often go awry. So things happen. Like and I think that that's like, well, I, I mean, it's like literally one of the only things I remember from high school. But truthfully, you have to learn how to give yourself grace through some of those things and realize like, I'm not going to get it right every time. I'm not, it doesn't stop me from being triggered, but how am I going to respond in the face of those triggers? And am I going to um, unravel and just be completely undone and, and beat myself the fuck up for what I think is a perceived weakness? 
Or can I say, hey, I didn't I didn't nail that or I'm disappointed that I couldn't make this in time. But here's what I can do going forward instead. I, I like that. I think it also opens up that you can't unknow something too. So like you're not going to change it. But just mm-hmm. knowing it and having that awareness of like what's happening might shift a little bit how it lands within you. And that also might impact how you interact with other people about it too. Mm-hmm. I I am, we talked about this last week, but like I'm big on just disconnecting totally when I'm feeling burnt out. Mm-hmm. I had somebody who like messaged me a couple of times with a question and I basically like pulled the ghost on them and I felt so bad about it. And today I had finally had a little bit more mental wherewithal and was able to apologize to them for it and say like I it was net my intention wasn't this but I know the impact was probably really disrespectful and you didn't deserve that and I'm really sorry that I did that um I'm not saying that to be like oh let me pat myself on the back and what a great apology that was no like I was still an asshole and ghosted this person um but I think it speaks to like hey I had this very human experience, which is not necessarily like my favorite look, but I want to apologize for that going forward because also in this human experience, like I know that it impacted you and I'm sorry for that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you're not necessarily like apologizing for having being human and fucking something. I mean, yes, you are. But the humanity part, it's like, hey, I know that this wasn't great, but allow me to do my best to reconcile this with you. And and. Honestly, I feel like if we were on the other side of that, first of all, people rarely apologize in that manner. It's so nice. If somebody sent me an apology, the few times that I've gotten like legit thoughtful apologies, I'm like, oh, damn, girl, you're good. Like, don't worry about it. And probably totally brushed off the fact that they spent time and the energy and thought going to this apology. (laughs) It's like, oh, you're good. Like, you don't have to worry about that. But nobody apologizes. And... I knew in the moment the apology would make me feel better. Mm-hmm. But I was like, you know what? Let me own this. Because Maybe. that's it's less about you facing them and more about you facing yourself and your own expectations. That's it. That is it. Because you know what? Like, like, damn, I dropped the ball on that. And that makes me feel not good about me. And the stakes of this, the specific, incredibly low. <laughs> like, I'll even lay it all out there. It was the group therapy leader. I like missed a couple of them. And she emailed me and was like, hey, is everything okay? And it turns out like the scheduling just doesn't work for me anymore. And I meant to email her and tell her I can't participate anymore. It's not working. Whatever. Mm-hmm. I didn't. And then, of course, like every time I missed and I went by, I felt worse about not having emailed her in the first place. Mm-hmm. She the most lovely email just checking in on me. And I didn't respond to that in like the moment. Hey, girl, she's like a group therapy group. We think she is seeing you before in there. Like, She's she like, I've seen one of these hoes every time we do this group, two, three of them, you know, like you're not the only one in there. Like, so it's like, you're like, oh my God, I'm a piece of shit. And she's just like, I see this all the time. I right. know. Like, She's like, this is how it goes. This is. Yeah. This is th- so yes, the stakes were low, but I think then I did have that room a little bit to play with like really low stakes of like, you know what? Let me like own this mm-hmm. and see how it feels to type these words and like say what I did mm-hmm. and I felt better I felt better to apologize no look at you boo I know mm-hmm. I hope I got that gold star in therapy even though now I'm a group therapy dropout I really wanted to win group <laughs> therapy it turns out 
I'm work is never finished. You can it. always go back. You know, another way to get my gold star, even though I dropped out. See, not every aspect of shadow work needs to be you digging in the deepest, darkest pockets of your subconscious. When you've just started to gain more emotional awareness and you are seeking some answers around some of these tendencies and behaviors, um, this process can be really, really helpful for things exactly like what you just described. So I, are you telling me I, I do get a gold star? Gold star! Yes. Yeah. Um, you all know. right, so another question for you about shadow work. So is it a Venn diagram or like how is shadow different or similar to inner child? To me, the overlapping is wild. I'm not saying like every single thing stems from them, but there are just some things that are just so very ingrained in our behavioral patterns. And we've been doing them for so long. I mean, we truly are autopiling a lot of them. Like, for example, my people pleasing, that's definitely stems from from childhood, you know. Um, so in and the like, course of doing shadow work, you might end up doing a lot of inner child. Absolutely. Work as well. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things that I really like to do when you're talking about your inner child is like thinking about like memories for me are a really big thing. I have memories from childhood, but I also feel like I'm missing big chunks, right? Trying to regain the, the power of recovering some of those beautiful ones have been like a big process. That's been shadow work for me. Like, what have I blocked out that's really beautiful? And I've, and I've discovered some of those. And that's been a really beautiful process for me. How do those memories, how do they affect who I am now? And why is that so difficult? Why do I have to pull those out like that? You know, why are they not at the surface? Unpacking a little bit of that and asking ourselves questions like, you know, what brought us a lot of joy and what could we do now in our adult life to help us create more of that? What made us feel safe? What made us feel cared for? What would have, if we didn't feel that when we were younger, what would make us feel like that now? And that to me is that inner child healing because a lot of the time for me anyway, what that brings up is like, hey, I didn't, I, I didn't get this. I've got to give that to myself now. And it's not always like a, Oh, I'm going to give myself candy because I didn't get candy when I was a kid. Like, that is not what I'm talking about. But for example, if you felt like you did something wrong when you were a kid and the reaction to it was really, really strong, almost like you really had to work for like the forgiveness or something like that of a caretaker or a parent, right? Um, Self-forgiveness is going to be a really, really big thing. You're, you're probably beating yourself up a lot. You're probably not being very kind in how you speak to yourself. You probably have very high expectations of other people and might find it hard to forgive other people. Those are some aspects that come from that shadow. So practicing the act of self-forgiveness can be a really beautiful thing to do when you have some of that experience because it, it teaches you grace for yourself. Like, yeah, there's a couple of things you didn't get right, but it's okay. It, this doesn't, it's not the end of the world. Because isn't that like something that we probably would have wanted to hear as a kid? It's okay. This is not as big of a deal as you think it is. It doesn't say anything about you as a person. You know, like, like for me in math, I fucking hate math still. I still hate math. Fuck math. I mean, not fuck it all the way, but you know, I don't like math. And math was such a thing of turmoil for me in my childhood because I just did bad at every year, right through high school. And a lot of it was probably some self-sabotage. I just knew that I wasn't going to like it. But I think that if someone had approached it from like a, yeah, you don't understand this right now, but you just need to practice this little a little bit more. You're going to get it. 
You just might not get it the way everybody else gets it. Mm. And that's okay. Would have made me feel a lot better than like, you know, the inner dialogue that I was having while failing math all the time. Yeah, just reinforcing the the failure as opposed to the like, guess what? You're going to be a grown up and you're not going to need to know how to yeah. e- equal polynomial. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Guess, guess what, Crystal? Your iPhone will be in your pocket every single time. Jimmy and I talk about this every time that we're like, every math teacher is like, you're not going to be able to carry around a calculator in your pocket. And it's like, fuck you. You know what you do now, bitch. Exactly. I sure, I sure do. And you, you know what? A lot of time, beat right here on my iPhone watch. Sometimes if I have to do a really complicated like percentage off, if I'm trying to like <laughs> stack multiple sales in Target, that was like everything's 30% off, but then this is 15%. Like, I don't know how to do that on a calculator. So you know what I do? You could just Google. You could just like type. <laughs> I, I don't even know how to. You don't even have to know how to use the calculator. Okay, you just have to know how to ask a question. Yes, but not to take away from that because that is, it's so true. Like, it's my, valid. It's like some of the things that we thought were like, gonna be absolute deer wiggers for us as adults. Didn't you think you were really gonna have to stop, drop, and roll at least once in your life? Oh my god! Like I, I did. I, was be I thought annual. more people were gonna be openly offering me drugs, like as a result of dare. Uh, it turns out that people are not always walking around offering you dime bags of whatever. Um, <laughs> Can I just tell you? <laughs> we made like three trips to Lowe's today to deal with this plumbing issue in our bathroom that we're, was supposed to be a weekend remodel. It's like a month going on now. Um, multiple trips. We Like Brett is the fucking man at Lowe's. Shout out to Brett. Section. Fucking love Brett. Jimmy and I like tell each other. We're like, I'm going to leave you for Brett. Like he, we both are like obsessed with him now. Just try to like explain a thing, and I was like, Jimmy, like go look in the other room, see if you could find this little, like little like rev rubber band. And he's like, like what does it look like? And I was like, I don't know, it's in like a dime baggie. And then I was just like, is that not appropriate for Jimmy? Like, life? it's just so funny how like a dime, like for me, a dime bag of weed in high school with like. What else would you call that little plastic bag, though? What the not, fuck else are you doing with that? You got drugs in that bag. What's in that bag? What does that bag? What is that bag even made for, other than drugs? I well, apparently, like the washers it. that go on pipes. But I don't. Sure. I, I think when the company needs to order them, they go on their Amazon and they Google. They have to like type up dime bags, <laughs> empty dime look, bags. You're looking. I'm looking at look, and I'm not the only idiot uh, to ask this question. No, there's no other. Not a website called DimeBags.com, y'all. I guarantee the manufacturer, like, on the box that they come in, I bet it says, like, dime bags. This is hysterical. With inflation, though, that's now, like, a half-dollar bag. So I don't know if we got to change the terminology. I'm down in the dregs of the Google results, and there is not one other suggestion for a use for this bag other than drugs. Specifically, is, is there a name no for the bag, like for the act? No, nope. if like you know how you got like a sandwich size or like a snack size Ziploc. There's no other nope. name. Let me see. Dime bags. This is a tangent. If we ever had one, not them on being on Timu. Don't get don't get your dime bag from Timu. You know what those seams are going to dime split. bags. Alibaba. No, what? no, that's like some wish ass dime bags going to be splitting. You're going to be you making a mess. Joints on eBay. You can get them from Uline. This. Okay, what is Uline well, call it? Uline, so Uline, I've ordered, like, when I was making skincare before, I've ordered things from Uline. Do wow. they call them? 
Do they call them dime bags? Please tell me they call them. Oh, no, wait. That's why I never got a bag. My bad, my bad, my bad. <laughs> Not head choice. So, like, listen, every every single thing that's related to a dime bag is for drugs, specifically marijuana. Now, if you're putting crack in there, I'll have nothing to do with that. I don't know nothing. Don't don't ask me nothing about that. If you want to talk about weed, you can talk about it. But you can get 100 of them on Timu right now for $1.79. Anyway, the whole point is... I thought people were going to be giving me drugs. They're not. Well, anyway, I don't know what we were talking about prior to the dime bag tangent, but for real. Yeah. A lot of things are now, they're di- much different than the way we thought they would be. Dime bags being one of them. Walking some of those things back. I just, again, when you start this journey into looking at yourself and unpacking some of this, the goal is not to push you further into your trauma. Although obviously some things come up when you're trying to work through and that is difficult in and of itself. And that's why part of your community, hopefully as a therapist, if you're able to have access to one, your people that you trust, your friends that you trust, your chosen family, um, your family, if you trust their asses, your journal will not snitch on you. So there there are ways for you to do it. And listen, I've seen a plethora of shadow work journals popping up all over my damn TikTok. They're on Etsy even. They're on Amazon. One of my therapist, my own therapist, who I absolutely adore, we are talking about expressing ourselves and having that emotional safety. We we're talking about community. And she was like, I am your community. Because she needed to reinforce the fact that like every space that I attempt to visit for emotional safety might not be the safest. But that is literally what she is there for. And there was something just very reassuring about that fact that made it so much easier to look at what we were trying to look at without feeling like I was in an isolated experience. So yeah, yeah. there's the TikTok like the village is not free anymore. Right. So you know what, if your therapist requires a copay or you're paying out of pocket, God bless you. But that doesn't mean that they're not part of the village. Mm-hmm. You just got to pay them for their time. Okay. Going and what's the Nicki Minaj quote, right? She yeah. knows her worth. And I, I, my, I love my therapist so much. I, have every intention of continuing to pay her for as long as she'll have me because she's she's been so instrumental to my healing. So I'm telling you, um, game changer, by the way, for me to find a black woman as a therapist has like changed my life. How did you find a therapist? I found her. So I went through BetterHelp at a time when I didn't have any health insurance and they have amazing scaled pricing. And there's some great therapists there. And I found her actually because she's here in my area. Funny thing is, and this always makes me laugh when I talk about it. I started seeing her during the pandemic because obviously my kids were acting insane because the world is falling to shit and they were sensing all of that energy. And I went to her because her specialization is in child therapy. And she was basically like, hey, girl, have you ever considered that it's you? (laughs) Absolutely not. No. And like I knew, but like the fact that she like so quickly was like, hey. I like that. I, was like, yep. I respect that. But like she's she's right, and I have been working with her ever since, and she has just been the best um, at helping me work through some really really difficult things, and obviously some very big cha- transitions in life. I through insurance, I probably would pay double or triple. Um, but thank you, uh, thanks to BetterHelp. And there's other amazing guides out there as well. And, you know, we can definitely link a couple. Yeah. Um, I'll keep these together. So Mm -hmm. the guide that you so graciously and beautifully wrote and are sharing will be available for the Mindful Magic Maker tier of Patreon, where you get 
self-discovery worksheets and some bonus content. Make sure to check out the Patreon. Specifically, again, that Mindful Magic Maker tier, you'll get this beautiful resource that Crystal put together. It's so good, y'all. Like, I'm going to be working through it as I uh, <laughs> check shadow work off my list <laughs> and consider myself a fully healed bitch. Ordered gangs from Teemail. Check. Shadow she's, work. Check. She's done. LLL. Any other recommendations for challenges or action items for the week ahead pertaining specifically to shadow work? I'm going to start with once you do dive into this process, don't be talking to yourself all shitty. Don't do that. Okay. Remember that when you are moving through this process, you're doing it because you don't want to suffer in your own shit anymore. Right. Allow some room for grace. The process is not perfect, not always easy. And I'm not saying to expect miracles the moment you ask these questions. The magic is in the practice of continuously connecting with yourself. So just if you can, and it's really hard, especially if you are burned out or if you are unregulated, right? But if you find that you can get to a place where you can say, like, God, I'm so bothered by this. Where do I feel this in my body? Why does this irk my spirit so much? Maybe just write it down. Don't even do anything with it yet. Mm. Just write down what you're experiencing in the moment so you can come back to that. I love that. Is there a prerequisite for doing shadow work? Are there things that you think will tell you if you're in a good place to start doing this? I'm going to tell you in drug companies, say, like, talk to your doctor before. Okay. Because, like, listen, again, I'm a counselor, but... I think that this is like a, 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 the kind of thing that you've got to do knowing that you might see some shit you don't really like or that you might bring up some things you don't really like. And so I do think that it is valid that you, before going into this work, just assess how you're feeling your everyday life. Like, don't start shadow work when you are at the fucking end of your rope and you're unregulated and whatever. I really do think that you should start with your therapist and say, yeah, I'm interested in looking into this a little bit more. I don't think there's anything wrong with and it doesn't have to be all the questions, y'all. It can be like one of the questions. Yeah. Start slow. There's no prereq. Okay. Yeah. And if you start to feel yourself getting really dysregulated, if it's hard to walk it back, take a break. Like Exactly. This is not what I'm not going to do. This is a muscle that needs to be built. Your ability to deal with these things. And you push it too fast, you burn yourself out. And we are already burnt out on enough here in life. Yeah. We are on a, I'll say, lifelong path towards enlightenment, towards healing. There's no due date. There's no deadline to get the shadow work done. Mm -hmm. Yes, while we are at the beginning of shadow season, guess what we get next year? Another shadow season. Like, right, everyone. Going. There's every fucking year. And yeah. like, listen, there's plenty of amazing astrological events and cycles that are very, very relative to shadow work as well. If you are looking for stuff like that, too, I'm going to tell you what, follow my homegirl, Astral Pharaoh. I will link her as well. Because one thing that Pharaoh is going to do is give you the Astra tea that will often link through these cycles in your life. And I feel like her work, she's she's the bomb.com uh, in many ways. But the way she pulls astrology into these cycles of healing is incredibly powerful. So I'm going to link her. Um, I also highly recommend that you like book readings with her because she's just the shit. I'm telling you, she is fantastic at linking what the planets are doing and and saying like, hey, do you know where this falls in your personal chart? How is it affecting you here? Because 
making the connection between some of these cycles and events is is very helpful when working in this kind of realm. I love that. She's amazed. Yeah. I love her. Do a reading. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I feel like I just bombarded you with all my questions. <laughs> I love them. And and it's again slow and steady. I'll be able to report back next week and let you know how I am fully enlightened and fully healed on mm-hmm. the shadow side. Whenever I think shadow work, my brain immediately goes to that Kermit the Frog meme where it's like dark Kermit. Oh my God. Totally. So that is my brain visual <laughs> forever is dark Kermit. It's it's kind of perfect. I love him. Yeah, I do too. That's the constant dialogue in my head. Yeah. I like it. Um, all right. Well, oh my gosh, there's so many more. I'm gonna say where can people find us now? There's so many more places people can we find us. Patreon. Find us on the Patreon. Find us on the Patreon, get your beautiful shadow work guide and more goodies. Find us on our website. Sign up for emails to get even more goodies. Mm-hmm. Um, HealingHappyHourPod.com. You can find us, same name, on Instagram and TikTok. We're going to be in all the places. We're on Facebook now, too. I think I said that earlier. Mm-hmm. I think we're like the, <laughs> the only person. We're everywhere, baby. We're the only one who's recently signed up for Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> you like you know Facebook. Like Mark Zuckerberg is like, we got a new page? Like huh? This must be a mistake. Yeah, I know, right? Um, we're breaking barriers down and really just going all out. Um, so we're there. Where can people find you specifically? Please find me at Temple Honey Healing on Instagram. Come say hi. Look at my unhinged memes. I, lo- I love an unhinged meme. That gets me through the day. You can find me at Glow Up Inside Out on Instagram. Yeah, so find us everywhere on the internet. And then maybe find us in real time on one of our healing circle calls each month. So we'll talk to you soon. Love you. Bye. Thanks so much for hanging out with us at the Healing Happy Hour. Subscribe or follow to make sure you don't miss a single episode. We're dropping wisdom and foolishness every Thursday, and we want you here with us. See you next week.